Hey there, amazing ladies. Welcome to Women's Wellness Wisdom, Hormones and Beyond, your friendly podcast for all things women health and empowerment. I'm your host, Dr. Jenny Cortano, and I'm super stoked to be hanging out with you today, as well as our co-host, Rachel Hicks. Life can get pretty crazy, right? But fear not, because we've got your back when it comes to understanding your body, mind, and everything in between. Women's Wellness Wisdom is like your trusty sidekick, here to help make your wellness journey a whole lot more fun and less confusing. So grab a comfy chair, a cup of tea, or whatever floats your boat, and let's embark on this exciting adventure together. We'll be chatting about hormones, demystifying women's health challenges at different stages of life, and just having a good old time while we're at it. From pregnancy parties to the menopause rodeo, we're bringing some expert tips, real life stories, and practical advice that will help you navigate the twists and turns of being an incredible woman. Plus, we'll dive into self-care, body love, mental health wisdom, and a dash of all things womanhood because we believe all women need more people in their corner pulling for their own health. Women's Health Wisdom, Hormones and Beyond is your go-to spot for all things awesome in women's wellness. Welcome. Welcome back. Today, Rachel and I are going to dive in deep to what it takes to make changes. Oftentimes, we talk so much about lifestyle choices and making the right decisions for you and how do you start to make these changes. So today, we're going to talk a little bit about what it takes to make a change. How do we do that? Where does it come from? What's the psychology behind it? And what steps can you put in place today? So Rachel, I'm going to let you start. Okay, great. Hello, everyone. So this is an interesting topic for me because I'm a registered dietitian. So a lot of times people are coming to me to primarily improve their diet, change their diet, maybe lose weight. Maybe there's a health concern. There's an array of reasons that people might want to see a dietitian. But my role as a dietitian is a little bit more detailed than some. So I guess I would classify myself as a lifestyle dietitian. So I look at not just what you're eating and not your diet specifically, but in addition, I look at what your lifestyle is, your day-to-day activities. And so when people come to say, I want to make these health changes, we deep dive into some more baseline approaches. And it's not just what you're eating, but it's why and the message behind it and the emotion behind it. And a big piece of that is understanding what behavior you want to change and understanding actually what it takes to change that behavior. That piece right there, being educated on behavior change is so important to actually be successful in the habit change itself. So when I was in school a long time ago, one of the major things that they talk about is the behavior change model, right? And there's five parts of this behavior change model. And the first part that you're taught is that there's a pre-contemplation. And this is the part where people don't understand there's a problem, don't know there's a problem and aren't ready to change yet. And then the next step is contemplation. That's where there's some realization. That's when the emotion piece comes into play in the contemplation piece. So let me give an example here. What if it's that I've noticed that I haven't been as active as I'd like to be and my joints are hurting. I'm not moving as well. I feel sluggish and I just feel like I'm not motivated. The emotion piece for me is that I feel lousy. I don't feel good. So that is a signal that is a prompt in somebody's brain saying, I need to make a change. And that is the catalyst. That's where things start to move. The next piece would be like that preparation. 
Preparation is where you've already realized that you want to make a change, right? So how do you do it? This is the planning piece. And that's where a lot of professionals and providers come into play. They give you good tools and strategies and science-backed research on ways to make big changes and then have them be successful long-term. And then that next part after preparation is action. So it is what it is. You start to actually do the change you want to make. And then that last part is maintenance. So how do we maintain this? How do we make this a lifestyle? How do we make this a lifelong habit? So understanding those five parts is the very preliminary part of understanding behavior change and understanding that within every change, there absolutely needs to be an emotion. So if I don't have a, a feeling of need, a feeling of want or a motivator of some kind, I am not going to make the change. If I want to start reading more books, but I choose the most boring book on the planet to, in my mind, I am not going to read more books. That's not going to happen. So as a practitioner, my mission is to understand my patient's emotions and reasonings and mo motivators and motives to want to change. Yeah, I love that. And I think that's super important, right? Because you just brought up a great point. This is every change we make in any aspect of our lives. So in years past, I've taught mental health first aid, which is all about helping folks who are struggling in mental health. And we talk about it there too, right? So if you've got somebody in your family, right? It's never us. It's always somebody else, right? Who obviously needs to make a change <laughs> in their life. And they have something going on, whether that's a mental health issue, whether that's a nutrition issue, whether that's getting to the root cause of what's going on in their life, they have to be motivated to make a change before there's any opportunity to do anything with that. And so I've had family members say to me, or clients say to me, oh, you have to talk to this family member of mine. And the reality is I will talk with them. And then I hear they're not even at pre-contemplation, right? We're not even there. We're not even thinking about changing. And it's not the time, right? We're here and we're here to serve you when those times come up appropriately, or even to help you get to that why and help you get into that readiness to make a change. But as a professional, there's no value in buying a service when you're at pre-contemplation. And most of the time, you don't even know you need it. I was going to say, most of the time, people aren't going to buy a service for a habit that they aren't even aware that they have right. or want or aware that they want to change, so to speak. Right. And a lot of times we even have patients that come to us that figure out additional things they want to change. So our job as a provider is to make sure that people are aware of doing too many things can be just as detrimental as focusing on that one big habit change. So I strive to give advice on making that old school term smart goals, quote unquote, mm -hmm. of where they're simple, you can measure them. So it gives us like a before and after page. So if we're looking at weight and someone wants to lose weight, the before weight and the after weight is an example of what we would look at making realistic expectations for yourself, realistic goals. So if it is that you want to move your body more for the prior example I gave, probably not a realistic goal is six days a week, double sessions, right? Like we need to be realistic with what fits into your lifestyle. What brings you joy in, in that goal setting and then attainable right? They need to be attainable goals. Again, if you are saying six days a week, two sessions a day, and you are a full-time working mom with multiple children, that is not an attainable 
or realistic goal. And then setting a time frame for that last letter in T. So making sure you set that time frame to say, all right, we're going to circle back. We're going to work on these habits and we're going to say one month. Let's circle back. Let's talk about it. So you hear the old school tip that's 21 days to break a habit. Maybe that's true. Maybe it's not. I don't know. That's it's not. That's not up for me to decide. But I do know that within 21 days, you can really be on a good track to making some good habit changes. In the sake of what we're talking about, most of the time I'm in the world of health changes, right? Given given my background of what I do as a dietitian, I'm not really seeing people that want to read more or travel more or expand their life in different ways. Although this method that I talk about, it stands true for those things too. Just like you had mentioned, Jenny, like you can make these streamline into many healthy habits in your life, but understanding why and how to maintain it is key to success. Yeah. And I think what you just touched on and coming back to as we're setting goals, not only do they need to be attainable now, but when we talk about lifestyle changes and being a lifestyle dietitian or focusing on lifestyle choices in functional medicine, really we want to make changes that are sustainable, right? Most of the time doing something for three weeks with then dropping off is not what we're talking about, right? We want to make those small incremental changes that you can stick with. It's not a reaching your goal. It's building a habit. And I think Mm -hmm. that's something important to talk about as well, because when we talk about any sort of goal setting, when we talk, whether we're talking about a diet, you know, versus a lifestyle change, things like that, we know that people are going to be much more successful if they can make it a habit versus having some sort of an attainable goal. And then what, right now the goal is done and, and we go back to what we were doing before that usually isn't going to lead us where we want to go in terms of health if we do that. And so let's talk a little bit about how do you make those goals a habit? And that's the big money, money maker, right? I think that's where professionals and providers like you and myself come into play. It is the person's job, whether it be myself or a patient of mine, but whomever wants to make the habit change, it's their job to know what change they want to make. But when they start seeking out that accountability or that education, it is our job to understand a couple of things. One being what is the change they want to make and why? And two, how can we educate them on the most successful ways that fit into their character? And what I mean by that, it's knowing your patient. It's no having a rapport with your patient. And understanding that it's not just saying, I want to do this and doing it right. Because as you and I both know, we've, everyone on this planet has wanted to make changes, right. And everyone has tried and failed. I I don't know anyone that hasn't failed at something. Right. And that's normal understanding that and being okay. That is a possibility because fear can be one of the reasons that people choose not to make changes out of personal let down. They don't want to let themselves down or publicly. If people know that I'm trying to lose this weight and I don't get it off, what will they think of me? There's that internal voice of fear. And if that is something that you're going through, or if that is something, if a provider is listening to, to this, if that is something patients go through, understanding that there are certain steps of behavior change that you can help your patients through. One of them is a prompt. So one thing I think is really important, it it can be interchanged between a motivator an emotion and a prompt, but this, an example of this is I want to stop eating so much after dinner while I'm watching TV. 
The prompt for that is when I sit down and I start watching TV, it signals the brain that this is when I always have a snack, right? That is the prompt for the behavior. As a provider, we need to understand what our patient's behavior is so we can give them tools to start to change their behavior. A lot of times people don't know myself, if I'm looking at habits, I want to change from an internal standpoint, I need somebody else sometimes to say, Hey, like, these are some really good tools. I'm seeing that you're struggling with this. So it might be as simple as, all right, you need to change your nightly routine. That might not be what you want to do right now. That might not be exactly what you want to change, but this will be the prompt that helps you make successful changes with eating less at night. And that could be, maybe you choose to read in bed. Maybe you choose to play a game with your partner at night. Maybe you choose to stretch or meditate. There are options. Other things are cue cards or post-its in your home. If you could see where I'm sitting right now, the wall that I'm looking at has different colored post-its all around it for things that are like, ask yourself how you feel. Right. That's what, that's one of my prompt cards. And that helps me become present and not out of control with anxiety because we all have personal things that we're struggling. So having a prompt helps you change your trajectory of your thoughts. And that's the the first course of behavior change. So once we just mentioned something really important to you, because you have these prompts, one great example you just gave, right? They're not the same as to-do lists. It's not necessarily checking it off. It's about being present, being cognizant and coming back to, again, that emotion. What's important to you? How do you bring it back to that? Tying it into something as opposed to just another checklist or another to-do, which sometimes I think people get wrapped up in. If it goes on my to-do list, I just shared with Rachel, my to-do list is full till Friday and we're recording this on a Monday. But if it's something that I have to be present and cognizant for, then it's much more likely to become integrated into my day and my week. Becomes a priority, right? right? Becomes right. a priority. And I think when we forget that we ourselves are priorities, that's when our habits start to get buried. And, or, or let me change the way that I said that. It's when we start to forget that some of our habits might not serve us in the best way. Mm-hmm. Right? When they're not prioritized, we're not, we don't prioritize ourselves, so to speak. Right. And, and think, oh, go ahead. all I was going to say is I think having reasons, like you had just mentioned the emotional piece or having the reminder of why you want to change could be a really positive prompt to have floating around your life too. So I gave the example of wanting to move more. It could be, I need more energy with my kids. My kids keep asking me to play and I feel so tired all the time. That could be a prompt. And I know that post-its don't work for everyone. So if this is like not resonating with you, this is not the only thing you can do to remind yourself of why you want to change. This is just one of many. Mm -hmm. I think I was just going to say for folks who that doesn't resonate with, because there is still importance in to-do lists or routines or things like that. And a lot of times once things become routine, they just stay that way, right? Just suggested that 21 days or 30 days to change a habit or make it a new habit is super important. And so when you look at building habits, building on habits you already have is another way to build that into your day and something that I really enjoy. For example, in Rachel's case of I want to move more. If you already every morning make coffee after breakfast, right? Now I want you to do 10 air squats while you're waiting for your coffee to brew, right? Every morning you brew coffee, 
you're standing there doing nothing while you wait for it to finish, you can do 10 air squats. And the coffee is the prompt, right? The coffee is the prompt and the reward, right? You get your coffee when you finish the third piece, right? So the first piece was the prompt. And then we will chat about the middle piece, Mm -hmm. which is very important, but you talk about the reward. So I, I give the example all the time that we have these pathways in our brain of whether it be action or behavior, thoughts are a big piece. Uh, and think of them as this well-oiled track that your thoughts are a vehicle and they just run on this track over and over. We don't have to think about our behavior most of the time, like how we brush our teeth. It's the same pattern all the time. The direction we tie our shoes, how we drive to work in the morning, if it's the same route all the time. So these are well-ingrained pathways in our brain. What's really different or difficult is changing it to a different pathway. And that's the habit that we're talking about, Jenny, like we're changing the prompt. So if it's, okay, I don't want to brush my teeth that way. I'm going to brush it a different method. You have to think about doing that. You have to prompt yourself to do it. And there needs to be some kind of habit or motivator to make you want to change the way you brush your teeth. This is a terrible example, but anyway, go (laughs) go with me on this. All right. Terrible example. Then the reward is, oh, wow, like my teeth feel way more clean. I'm reminded that I'm, I don't know, my breath is better. But point being is that changing the pathways of how the mind work, that's the science behind behavior change. That is how we make lifelong habit changes. It's not just in 21 days. There is a method behind the madness of all of it. And I think going back to what I just suggested about the coffee is, now we're not necessarily, we are changing the, the thought, right? We still have to change the thought process behind it, but we're linking it to something that you already have a pathway for. Mm-hmm. So it's not as complex as figuring out, okay, where am I going to fit this in my day? This is something I'll already do. Here's something else I'm going to do with it. And so chaining those things together can link on to that pathway that already exists. And that so is one coffee, other tool. Coffee, the air squats are the habit and the success is the strength you gain, for right. example. So having these things in mind for our listeners to know that your prompt can be the emotion. It could be your current habit that you're thinking of. So in this case is the coffee maker when you're making coffee, or it could be like the prompt is sitting down for TV. Those two can be prompts. Whereas then the motivator of the habit is the air squats. And then if you're sitting down to watch TV, the habit could be deciding to read instead. And then the success is changing the behavior. Yeah. And I I think you just brought up something super important, right? And if you choose to work with us, we dive into this, right? But when you brought up the example of TV, and oftentimes people are wanting to eat, right? That's the behavior that they associate with TV naturally. It's, It's a negative, right? It's a harder thing to move away from something we're typically doing than it is to add something to something we already enjoy, right? So I enjoy my coffee in the morning. I'm ready for that cup of coffee. Adding the 10 air squats to it because it already has positive emotions and things associated with it is a little bit easier when we go to positive versus negative where I'm taking something away from the TV routine that I typically have. So switching it up, as Rachel suggested, is important. And again, these are all things just to think about. If it's not working for you, it's not because you aren't able to be successful. It's not because you don't have enough willpower. It's not because of all those things you tell yourself, which is a whole separate thing we could get into another day. But it's probably because you haven't been able to take that objective look at what's the prompt, what's the behavior, how am I going to integrate this? Have I really gotten to the emotional piece of why? 
in order to create that sustainable change to make the difference in my life and achieve my goals that I want to achieve. Yeah, I I agree. And I think I I can't let the podcast end without talking about the benefits of goal setting and behavior change, because there's, I think a lot of us have been in places of our life where we've become stagnant or gerbils on a wheel or feeling bored or just not in this, like this high motivated place. And that itself can be almost like stag- that stagnant feeling for us. But the second that we decide to set a goal and that goal could be the habit change or it could be to attain something larger, right? It doesn't matter what it is. It's the structure of goal setting and then the process from one thing to another to attain that goal. So if it's the habit change or if it's the goal, it makes no difference. The process is similar because you are taking control of the situation versus the situation controlling you. Mm -hmm. That gives the person a ton of power. People love that. And that is the reward system. That's the success point. So if it is the fact that you're doing air squats with your coffee in the morning, and then all of a sudden you're doing it second nature and you start to do 20, then 30, then 40, and you become stronger. And then you've joined a gym. That's the process of goal setting and success. And that's where habits are sustained. So there's literature showing that people that are prone to that high functioning goal setting success driven, they do it because they get so much pleasure out of the process of attaining goals and finding success. Now that's not for all of us. But the point of bringing it up is there is actual science behind showing when we set goals and we decide to make habits, the mental and the mental health effects are so positive for people that they're chasing the positive feeling versus remembering where they once were. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense when I yeah. say that? They're, they're forgetting the old habit and trying to remember this good feeling they're having. It releases dopamine. Yeah. Right. This good feeling of, I like what's happening in my life. So outside of changing habits, the importance of goal setting, that's the reward and the success you get from making big lifelong changes, understanding that as a practitioner, and I'm not sure if everyone understands that as a practitioner, we can give the advice, but if you can't give the people we're working with the tools to be successful, the advice is no good. And that's where you and I come in and all together. I I was just going to add to that and say, yes, one of the things that we do and one of the reasons we have been as successful as we have been with so many clients is that we're not just here as your experts. Rachel and I together have combined lots of years of experience in this area, but we're working with you with the tools. So it's very practical, application-driven what can you do today to make a difference? What are you going to do between now and next time you speak with us? And then the other piece of that is accountability, right? And that is huge in the form of both your coach and whoever you're working with on our team, but also in the form of a community as you're working with other people who are going through similar things and have been in you know, your shoes and have been able to see those successes and on days when you're not feeling it, having us and other folks be able to say, yes, this is achievable and I've been there too. And I think that's another big piece when we look at the research and look at habits and building um, success is building in community to hold that accountability as well. Yeah, absolutely. I agree completely. Yeah. So anyway, on that note today, I hope this was insightful. 
for those of you who are looking to make some change and maybe haven't been able to latch onto achieving your goals and maybe you've been going about them the wrong way that we've started to give you some insight into places to look and things to think about. And if you're working with a coach, making sure that they're giving you those tools to make you accountable, to help you set goals that are achievable and giving you the ways to get there that are going to make you successful. And if you haven't found that's what Rachel and I are here for, we'd be happy to talk with you more about what we offer it all together and how we can help you achieve your goals too. That's great. Thank Until you. next time. Bye. Bye. Thanks for tuning in today, peeps. Subscribe now and let's kickstart this epic journey. We've got a lineup of fantastic episodes coming your way. For more information, check out our website or our socials listed in the show notes to find us and find more information about how we can help you improve your health. Until next time, remember you are fabulous, you are fierce, and you deserve to rock your health and wellness.